0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Unhindered Podcast. Can I start this episode in a very serious manner and offer a formal written apology for a great mistake in last week's episode? It appears that halfway through the content from last week, I let out a huge burp, a belch. It was loud. Everyone heard it. I remember hearing it myself when I did it, Uh, but I also remember telling myself to not neglect to edit that out of the episode last week so it it turns out that i didn't edit that out last week and so you all got to hear me burp i apologize unreservedly apologize uh i've had a good hard look at myself in a room full of mirrors and i won't do it again that's all i can say and i'd like to move on from the whole incident so let's not talk about it again (laughs) how did i do that um so I've had uh, a busy couple of weeks uh, book writing. Yeah, yeah, I keep banging on about this bloody book and editing videos, still editing videos. I apologize while I'm apologizing. I better apologize this about the length of time it has taken me to finish editing the coach training videos. If you're one of the people around the world waiting for that content, it's good. Yeah, no, no doubt about it uh you'll you you it will be worth the wait but good grief it's taken me so long and one of the things that's hard about it is i kind of get sick of hearing myself talk about the same stuff and so to to hear my to, to go back into my own workshop and listen to myself for four days bang on about the same stuff when i think about it i write about it i dream about it uh it's it's never ending so i can only handle it in small doses before i'm like i'm done okay Okay, Jamin, okay, all right, yep, okay. Settle down, that's enough now. Okay, so, uh, but it appears it'll be done before I go to Germany, which is very exciting. Now I am going to Germany for three weeks with my family. Catherine has organized a wonderful family holiday, perhaps our last family holiday of all of us together before the kids go and spread their wings and do their thing, so that's great. And uh, she sent me a video. This week around german rules that that foreigners may not know about and uh, germans are fastidious they they do like playing by the rules which is quite a surprise if you've gone there for the first time how ordered things are but there are some peculiar rules which are, are, are german They are only german so she sent me a few of these and i was surprised to learn that it is illegal in germany to display your middle finger if you stick the bird up and if someone if you get cut off by a driver give them the bird that driver can uh, make a note of your number plate inform the authorities that you in fact uh, rudely uh, gestured to them with your middle finger and that hurt their feelings uh, you'll get a fine in the mail that's enough uh, and so you're not allowed to do that in Germany uh, but you are allowed to drink when you're 14 so that's a, that's okay and it turns out the prostitution is legal in Germany and uh, one of the most surprising rules but what I think uh, like a, a very kind rule is that uh, if you have a certain level of disability in Germany, uh, the government will pay for you to have a sex worker, it will, will pay for prostitution for you, and they run special qualified courses, training certification for sex workers to be able to deliver high-quality services to the disabled. So, wow, <laughs> what a kind rule to have. So, good on you, Germany, doing your bit for mental health and for just uh, goodwill and cheer in the earth. So uh, you won't hear from me for three weeks while I'm away, and uh, that'll that'll give everyone a chance to have a break from me banging on about this stuff all the time. But it has been a a busy lead-up to that, and that's the value of going away for a holiday. It kind of is a compression you know, it's like putting compression pants on it, it you you feel the urgency to go like it, to be able to get on that plane having completed a bunch of tasks would be wonderful so uh that's helped me speed up the book and the coach editing but it's it's been a really busy week i mean i've had had that on and like i've i've had to watch nine days of uh, the world athletics championships too so that's no small feat and to watch every every bit of it so i didn't miss a single part of that world championship so that's hard to do when you're trying to write a book and edit videos and run coaching clients so i um, really tired but look it was worth it and such an extraordinary thing i don't know if you're a sports fan i i love sports I, i'm not afraid to say it sports are, are wonderful and this world championships uh, i won't go on about it for long but just let me say this I'm not sure there was a, a more extraordinary meaningful profound emotional touching exciting sporting event i've ever witnessed in the 44 years i've been alive it was out of control um steve cram the the commentator that's the, the voice of world athletics uh he he was moved so many times in fact on the final day the final race i think he, he he was a cross between tearing up and creaming his slacks you know he was he was in all sorts he just could not contain the joy and of the drama of sport so I, I cried five times there was five times where something so strong and deep welled up in me watching these experiences and like I am an emotional guy I'm not afraid to say that but I was curious around what was it that touched me so deeply like you're watching sport you wouldn't think there'd be uh, there'd be stuff in sport that would make you cry but uh, that's this the storylines like you're, you're seeing heroes journeys you're seeing um, the limits of human performance and ability you're watching people discipline themselves and focus themselves around a specific pursuit and give and go all in around that it's not certainly not sustainable and it's not healthy um, the cost of being a world-class athlete is that it it would almost entirely and unequivocally ruin every other area of your life i'm sure because that you can't especially in today's age the the level of precision you will require to compete at the the top will be will, will, will require more than you've got so watching these people being willing to strive for that and and to allow that to be for them, but they understand it's their their contribution to the world. They understand that in some way, what they are doing is inspiring others. In some way, the energy they bring is contagious, that others receive joy from that, that people watch them and ride along with them so uh, shikari richardson the the u.s sprinter who had been done for cocaine a couple of years ago and you know had had a lot of media backlash and a lot of people go off her and she'd gone gone into the wilderness been off socials for a couple of years she emerged at this meet after having she'd had a, a really fantastic year competing wise but no one expected her to win the 100 meters for the women And she stormed through from lane 9, which is not even supposed to be. There's only supposed to be 8. And it was such a tight semi-final that they included her in as well. And then she came through and won. Just uh, the extraordinary story, the redemption story. And then seeing her uh, anchor the relay, the women's 4x100 relay, and get handed hand of the baton with a slight lead. And just the look on her face. And when she crosses the line, the roar, like the intensity the energy that all comes out in this exuberation, this triumphant roar across the line. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, there's there's an extraordinary photo that's captured of that moment. Her in the air, you know, her hair is is this, it looks like a lion's mane. It's just this, this uh, you know, it's an exotic photo. I, I don't know how to describe it. Look it up. Shikari Richardson World Championships anchor leg 4x100 four so brilliant if you haven't watched any of it i don't know you missed out you know so you might imagine me you know sitting in a cave 12 hours a day uh, writing feverishly fervently and then um have momentary breaks from that where i'm coaching people around the world and then i'm back into video editing and all the while maintaining a marriage and parenting two two children two teenage children but it turns out i'm also watching a lot of sport as well so and i got invited to the Crookle uh, sportsman's luncheon now this is a, a, a men's own i didn't know there were men's only events these days it, it didn't seem like it was a very 2023 but in the country you get away with things like that and so this this boys club all the farmers come together once a year and the upper lachlan have this trust fund where they raise money for farmers doing it tough so If the breadwinner of the home is in financial difficulty or has had some kind of injury or illness and can't provide for their family then this fund kicks in rallies around and gets that family out of a hard time so it's a really cool thing i'd never heard of it never been invited to their luncheon but they have a luncheon once a year they have a a guest speaker this year it was robert de costella a particular hero of mine for those who don't know uh, the australian marathon champion had the world record for a certain amount of time probably in the well, he was, uh, he was the, the dominant world marathon runner uh, in, in the whole decade of the 1980s. Uh, so amazing to have him speak, you know, but it's a, it's a piss up. There's unlimited alcohol, there's uh, sports auctions, you know, we're trying to raise a bunch of money. So it was a very different experience and the fun of being in a room like that was uh, was extraordinary. And I had to be back by 5 p.m. We had a dinner engagement that night and the people taking me out. Said Jamin, "Look, we'll we'll get you back by five. There's no doubt about it. We'll have it. We'll probably have it back before five. Don't even worry about it. Just tell Catherine not to worry. Not, don't panic. Don't panic. It's gonna be okay. We'll get you back. Anyway, I'm looking at the clock. Four thirty. These guys are still tipping beers in. Four forty-five. More beers. Five o'clock. Beers. Five thirty. Beers. Oh boy, I'm in trouble here. So, I I thought I may as well just like these guys are not going to get me home if I call Catherine there's going to be all kinds of fire and brimstone so I'm going to hitchhike home you may be well versed at hitchhiking I've never hitchhiked in my life pretty sure the Ivan Milat series ruined hitchhiking for most people Um, but anyway I thought I may as well just get myself home and how hard can it be I'm dressed well it's, uh, there's only one road out of town everyone's heading the way I want to go anyway so I imagined people would pick me up straight away but uh, it started to rain it's getting dark and 15 minutes later I still hadn't been picked up I don't know what people's problem were and, and I was just about to call Catherine three more cars if three, these three don't pick me up I'm going to have to call her and face the music anyway, the third of the three a young peep later went past, hit the skids, backed it up and, and picked me up amazing (laughs) it was just it was such a fun experience to tick that off the bucket list to go i have now officially hitchhiked but just thinking about um resourcefulness and trust because i just just to go there's always options there's always something you can think about doing that perhaps you've never done before there's always a way if you if you are prepared to think outside the box. Uh, and be negotiable around the vehicle uh, literally metaphorically then there's always a way so and the the fun of this it turned out this young kid had never picked up a hitchhiker before so we were both newbies to it Um, but it was quite a serendipitous connection he ended up buying a copy of my book for a friend of his and and now a friend's so all's well that ends well now last night Catherine and i got to the movies to watch the sound of freedom which is the Jim Caviezel movie uh, around child sex, the child sex industry, and child slavery, and just uh, drawing attention to the plight of millions of children around the world caught up in that dark web of evil. So I knew it would be a very difficult movie to watch, but I felt like it would be a really important one to not be oblivious to that, to not be ignorant of the plight of the, those. Uh, those poor children. So it's an extraordinary movie, it's very, very, very well produced and uh, touches the subject very sensitively but very powerfully at the same time. And it it was very useful for me to watch in the context of what I'm writing about at the moment, because you've heard me say that uh, one of the themes I'm writing about is your, if you're going to have permission from yourself to succeed and play in life, you will have to trust yourself. Now, lots of people have suggested that trusting yourself is important, but it does raise the question, can you be trusted? Are you trustworthy? Who are you at your core? Uh, and I, I think every person I've ever coached has had this underlying assumption that no, they are not trustworthy. There is a dilemma with them. There is a problem with them. There is a deep dysfunction. They've accused themselves of of some problem and they're sure it's true, so... No, they can never relax. They could never just trust their nature. They will have to manage themselves. So it it seems like a, a human answer to the problem of trustworthiness. In fact, we have statements like, I'm only human. If you have ever used that language, if you've ever even thought that language, what you are saying to yourself is that you cannot be trusted. There is a problem with you. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm only human. So if you were to, that, that's the excuse for for anything that's less than ideal. Oh, well, don't expect too much from me. I'm only human. You do know who I am, don't you? You do know who we all are, don't you? You do know that there's some problem with us. Uh, that's uh, That logic is what I'm questioning. It's what I'm scrutinizing and, and plumbing the depths of that and examining what what is the truth. Now, I've said, I think, for my whole coaching career, I've, run with the assumption that while most people assume they're inherently bad and I don't think many people say that like they don't think that's what they think but all the evidence suggests that's exactly what they think all self-management all self-discipline is evidence that you can't be trusted why can't you be trusted because there's something dangerous about you if you were to relax then that danger would come out and ruin your life and hurt other people so um, the logic says that inherent said something about you not by desire not by choice that's just wrong and that kind of completes the thought logic uh, that the apostle paul and augustine developed in the early uh, AD years around in original sin and this sin nature there's a problem there's a darkness so i think their ideas around this have have not only infiltrated western theology but western psychology as well And the evidence is I'm only human. If you say that, that's what you're saying as well. There's a problem with you. It runs deep. So I've kind of countered that by saying, no, I think the truth is we're inherently good. So you might might be living as though you're inherently bad, but if you're willing to have a look, I think what you'll find is that you are inherently good. The design is good. In the beginning, God said you were good. So if you can know who you really are, then you can relax in your goodness. Uh, But I I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about the scientific process on on his book Uh, and he said something that really rocked me because it was like, if you're going to be scientific, then you have to be willing to let the data speak. You can have a hypothesis, you can have an assumption, you can think you know what you're going to find, but you have to be willing to find what you find. And scientists are just as excited when their hypothesis is debunked as, as when it is supported and confirmed. So fine, Jamin, have a hypothesis that people are inherently good, but then go have a look and see which one it is. So I, I'm convinced now that I'm, I'm wrong, that that hypothesis does not stack up, uh, nor does the hypothesis around being inherently bad. I, I think the truth is that we are neither. I think that we're, we're real. And the more I've leant into that, I think that's better. I think that's better by far. When you watch a movie like Sound of Freedom and, and you see the great depravity of human behavior, you see what people are actually capable of. You know, Catherine and I were talking about this on the way home. And she said, I don't get it. I, I don't get the attraction to children. How is it that a person could find that appealing, attractive, so attractive that it?" That it then they must have that desire fulfilled against all logic, against all compassion, against all humanity, that they would steal something so uh, sacred from a child and be okay with that and then build systems around that. So you see some darkness there, like that is, that is evil that you're witnessing when you watch a movie like that. So that is an important thing to consider when you examine the whole picture of human behavior You can't dismiss stuff like that you can't say well no i mean we're all like on the whole we're pretty good no we're not and there's some good stuff but there's some horrible stuff as well so to look at these cleanly is very important if you're going to consider your own nature who are you if they can do that can you do that as well like what what is it about us that would allow us to behave in ways that help people and actually hurt people so i wanted to give you an Just a sneak peek of how I'm writing about this at the moment and it's not fully edited so take it for what it is. But I think there's something that I've discovered here that will be really useful in this solution around can you be trusted. So check this out. Goodness is a function of choice. The more options available to a person, the better their choices become. If you are well educated, financially resourced, in healthy relationships, emotionally mature and psychologically secure, you will behave in a way that is objectively better than those who have none of these things. This is crucial in examining human behaviour across the globe. In cultures ravaged by war, corruption, violent crime, oppressive dictatorships and severe poverty, People have so few viable options about how to live and provide for their families and so can be seen behaving in ways that the world's more fortunate citizens would never even consider. As Jung says, when fully examined, we are each capable of a great range of behaviours. We have the capacity, capacity to do anything and everything, to love and to hate, to raise up and to tear down, to heal and to kill, to be kind, to be cruel, to be selfless and selfish simple review across the planet at any one point in time will reveal the absolute best and worst of human behavior at the same time. So in any one case, it is possible to say conclusively that people are inherently good just as much as people are inherently bad. There are good people and there are bad people. But if the truth is that we are neither good nor bad at our core, just real, then it all comes back to choice. What will I do with what I've been given? As Viktor Frankl says in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, surely the most wondrous ability humans possess is that we get to choose our response to whatever happens to us and around us. So if you and I can do things that cause and create damage to ourselves and others, then to choose not to is an act of goodness. For good to be actually good, it requires the opposite option to also be available. The universe exists in polarities, light and dark, good and bad, positive and negative. They require each other in order to survive. If everything has to be good, then how can you call it good? If we are inherently good, then we must behave good and so it stops being good. Goodness is only good because it it could have also been bad. If you have to love someone, how can you call it love? It's only love because you choose it even though you didn't have to do it. Good and bad are also entirely relative depending on the rules of the game you are playing. A good soldier kills many men. A bad farmer lets his stock starve to death in a drought. So the conclusion is that I am neither good nor bad. I am real. I have the ability to do both in any moment. What makes me trustworthy is not that I am afraid of my nature. Why would I choose to hurt myself and others when I have better choices? if i'm always moving towards a better experience of life then that is what i will choose those who end up those who fear their shadow ending end up those who fear their shadow end up feeding it now this also gave me a window to talk about the the good human the five most surprising qualities of good humans and I, I knew it fit into my book somewhere but I couldn't find the place that this piece of the puzzle fit until now and, and it was perplexing to me because when I think about the music that plays in me if I am the music and God is the music then what is this music and the music that plays inside me is a music around being a good human and so if this book is going to be my finest contribution then there has to be that music that comes through so uh, a conversation with a client I had over the weekend and uh, where I was explaining this he, his feedback to me what he mirrored back was very useful because when I explained to him these five qualities of genuinely good human beings he was just struck by how predictable it was almost Entirely like a business coach saying there are some metrics that we can run over your business. There are some numbers We can look at there are some processes that if we apply to you, what you are doing is not unique It's not separate from your industry if we run these specific Targets metrics processes over your thing. We can objectively measure how well you are doing and if you do well at these things Then you can only do well in business so he was to say. He he said of these five things: if if goodness is a function of choice, and you are actively choosing these five things, then you will objectively, you can only objectively increase your goodness. So, if you're not familiar with these five, let me let me explain them to you again. Uh, I've I've titled tar- it the five most surprising qualities of genuinely good human beings because I haven't seen this list anywhere else, and these things are are not normally referenced when people think about. What makes someone good? And it's an interesting question to pose to yourself. You might have people in your world, you're like, ah, uh, he's a good bloke, that guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Okay, why? How do you know? According to what standard? How can you tell if someone's good or not? What, what would you use to measure their goodness? How could you increase goodness? Is it possible? So here are the five. Uh, number one is objectivity. Uh, it's a difficult quality to practice, but it's entirely possible. We're not animals we don't just have to automatically respond based on our instinct and our chemistry our biology we we can think about our thinking we have a space between stimulus and response we can choose and we can get outside our own frame of reference and look back in we can ask questions we can review we can be self-aware we can be mindful um, Chair of Human Behaviour at Harvard, Dr. Robert Keegan, says the subject-object switch is the thing that accelerates human growth more than any single other thing in the entire world of human behaviour and performance, personal development. So that's simply uh, every moment spent being objective about our subjective experience. Looking back in dispassionately, we'll see things about ourselves that we couldn't possibly see when we're bunkered down into our map of the world, assuming that everything we see is real and true. To be objective is to know we are storytellers, that we're sense-making creatures, and we go into the world and we tell stories. Now, the reason why objectivity makes you a better person is because you kind of get that it that it is subjective. You, you then hold your stuff tightly and loosely at the same time. You always are looking for better data, better stories. If you feel like the more you can be objective about this, you will have a, a bigger, better, truer version if you say no no this is how it is this is how it's always been you'll get tied to one story to one map and that map will cause you to be tribal to be selfish to be arrogant to be uh, warlike and to assume you're right and everyone else is wrong that's you don't end up being a good person when you're when you are only subjective um second thing is security so um you know I, i said before that goodness is a function of choice so if you find yourself in a small place in a dangerous place in a place where you're locked down a lack of resources a place of violence a place of oppression a place of abuse then there are very limited options as to what you can do to advance your experience of life and so you'll use whatever is available to you even if that may be the very definition of evil to everyone else you're not inherently evil you're not trying to ruin your life you know, we are objectively pleasure-pain creatures. We are all trying to move away from pain and toward pleasure. No one is ever trying to ruin their life. No one is actually trying to create a worse experience for themselves. That's not possible. It's never true. So when someone is choosing evil and it looks like they're moving toward a worse situation, you can only assume that they're coming from such a small place, such a dangerous place, such an insecure place that that is the only option available to them it doesn't justify that i'm not suggesting that i'm just helping you and i get a, an understanding of why that happens so i would say insecurity is one of the the smallest places to live from it hems you in if all your best energy is going into proving and defending yourself you've got nothing left to do good in the world and if you go beyond the midlife season without addressing that because you, you know you can kind of get away with that in your, in your younger years and cover and compensate and all hold it together but you don't have energy to waste beyond midlife so if you are still being driven by insecurity that will lead you to madness you are you'll be so dehumanized because of that fear and that story and being locked into that uh, that will that will actually make you a bad person insecure people will do bad things they will hurt themselves and others that is the only possible outcome secure people on the other hand uh they don't need to show up and prove or defend themselves. So now their energy is can be directed into growth, into kindness, into contribution. So security has to be a central component to being a good human being. And third, third thing is pragmatism. So uh, another big space to play in, as opposed to the opposite of pragmatism, or, or in its various forms. So um, you know, pragmatism—just to define that—is to be. Uh, your highest way of orienting yourself in the world and making decisions is based on what works. So, um, other people are, are orientated by you know what's right according to a set of values that are dictated by their traditions, by their religion, by their culture, by their family, by their government, by their country. And so, there's a bunch of non-negotiables. They can you can think in certain ways until you reach the limit, the confines, and then you cannot negotiate there so everything has to be run through very precise filters to make sense of your world and these filters are non that you can't move them whereas a pragmatic person can use any filter at any time they're like I'm only interested in what works so if your way works better than my way well I'll jettison my way and adopt your way because it's getting me more of what I want I'm free to choose I'm free to upgrade at any time I'm flexible I'm nimble I'm negotiable like I promise you that is a bigger place to live and if goodness is a function of choice pragmatic people have infinitely more choices than tribal traditional superstitious religious people third I'm sorry Fourth thing is ambition um, now all of these in the context of the five that they, they all fit together so take any one of them out if you are only pragmatic um, what you know then it's hard to know what works because you don't really know what the end is what working according to what Um, so um, ambition is a really important part of the five because good people are trying to do something they're trying to achieve something they are ambitious to get something make something better to do good to experience good Uh, so and if if they are secure and objective and pragmatic then their ambition will will come from a large place they will have plenty of choices they're not trying to prove and defend they're free to contribute so i I promise you that if you've shut down ambition in your life you're not producing goodness in the world you can't your all your energy is to keep yourself safe and secure where you are for, for things to not get worse ambitious people are trying to make things better So they've got a foundation, especially if they're secure, objective, pragmatic. They have a safe space, a big place from which to launch themselves from, and now they're bringing something of value to the world. It belongs, Um, and kindness. So in the context of the five, if you've got those four, then um, to be a kind person, it really belongs, to have kind eyes, to have a kind heart, to be kind toward animals, to be kind toward strangers, um, to pick to pick up hitchhikers because it's a kind thing to do. Uh, I, I heard a story this week of a, a young guy seeing a, a lady stranded on the side of the road um, in the dark on the highway with a flat tire and she'd waited there five hours on a busy highway. He was the only person that stopped and he went past, and wrestled with himself about what he should do and then was dictated to the fact that this is the right thing to do i must show kindness to her so we circled back around got her into town um, got some fuel for her drove her back out there like went way above and beyond but that's a genuinely good thing to do Uh, good people are kind they are they are not just out for themselves and and here's the thing that the reason they're not out for themselves is because they live in a big place they have more choice their needs are already taken care of they're secure, so they're meeting their own needs. They're not needy in the world for others to meet their needs. So they come resourced, and <laughs> they have more choice. So they make good choices. So uh, you can, you can. If we're neutral, then you can end up good or bad. That's the point of what I'm saying. And that doesn't prove that you are good or bad. It proves that you are real. So I think that logic opens the space, and it helps you think about the blood on your hands the mistakes you've made in the past where you may have decided that from that moment you're no longer trustworthy if you can understand in the logic of this why you did what you did maybe it wasn't a time when you were in a small space a place with limited options limited choices a lot of the time people uh, carry the most shame and guilt is when they're children the things they did as a child as a kid it's tough you're in an adult's world you're trying to make sense of it all You're in a small space. You're in a scared space. You're in a limited space. You don't have many choices as a child. So of course, if you have limited choices and you're trying to move towards pleasure away from pain, you do some things that you wouldn't do as an adult. Does that make you bad? No, it makes you real. If you can review it, think intelligently about it, then you can set yourself free. So that's all I wanted to say today. That's all. Uh, I'm going to head to Germany in a couple of days. I'll work hard not to... uh, reveal my rude finger to anyone so that no one takes down my number plate and reports me to the police and i'll be back in in a month or so you'll hear me again on the podcast and uh, in the meantime have fun becoming genuinely good human beings bye for now